this will be fun or not, but it'll be blunt and straightforward. Welcome to another edition of Less Rage Cougs, sponsored by the Saxenian family. We're going to discuss that 36-13 Cougs lost to TCU to open up Big 12 play. Dan Dunlap will be joining me momentarily. And Dan is still at the stadium getting press comments. Be right back. Get ready. And now, the Saxinian family presents Let's Rage Coup, streaming on the Houston Roundball Review YouTube channel. And also on Paw Samajama, I am Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Roundball Review. The comments are already hot and heavy. I'm just going to start from what we got. The Cougs lost 36-13 to TCU. Joe Mendez with the first comment. Pathetic play. I'll be back when basketball season starts. Kenneth, the performance of tonight was deplorable. The team was just as unmotivated and uninspired, even worse than last week. In short, the game wasn't even competitive. Offense was inept. Dana Hogerson said the offense was embarrassing in his postgame comments. This is accurate as well. TCU QB Chandler, he, Morris had more rushing yards than the Houston team. Yep. Rusty Reed, everybody, thank you for your comments. Keep them coming. It's going to be an action-packed show this evening, tonight. Rusty Reed, it's already a dismal season, and it's probably going downhill from here. I'm not sure about this one, though, if I'm ready for this just yet. I know Miss Wanda has it as well. Change the QB. The offensive line stinks. The offensive line is not good. It's not good run blocking, pass blocking. Donovan Smith is holding on to the ball a little long. But who's calling the plays? Who's in charge of the offense? That's Dana Hogerson. Six total points in offense, unacceptable for a quote-unquote an offensive-minded hit. That's what he is. He called the plays. That's what he says. But the status, I glanced at it, rushing yards. The team, the Cougars, 1.5 rushing yards per carry. 1.5. Stacey Sneed led the team 10 carries for 38 yards. Parker Jenkins, four carries for 15 yards. Brandon Campbell, one carry, no yards. Donovan Smith, 12 carries, 24 yards. 27 carries, 77. It's it's bad. It's bad, but what I'm going to say, what y'all expect? Honestly, tonight, tonight, let's go into TCU. I'm not making excuses. And for let me say this again, it's going to be my mantra throughout this season. I might make a clip and, and, and post it and pin it somewhere. But if you're new to this, to me, Chris Gardner, follow me on social media platforms at Houston Round Bar Review, all those different things. I've said it last, said it last week on this show, Let's Rage Cougs. If it comes down to coaching, and it's Dana Hogerson versus Anybody, I'm taking anybody. So let me be clear. Quote me, put that on X, whatever you want to do. One more time. 
if it comes down to coaching, Daniel Hogerson versus anybody, I'm taking anybody. So you can talk about the recruiting, you can talk about the talent, you can talk about all these different things. But up coaching is coaching up what you got. Coaching up your players. Dan, let's talk about it, man. What did you see tonight in this 36-13 loss by the Cougs to TCU? Jump out, head coaching. Coaching stood out to me. You're supposed to be an offensive guru. That first half, your defense get two turnovers. You get zero, nothing out of it. Fourth and one, you got a 6'5", 220-plus quarterback. You in shotgun, and you hand it to the running back. And didn't we all in the world just watch Philly and Jalen Hurts? Quarter, how, how hard is it to do a quarterback sneak? How important is it for that drive that can dictate the rest of the game? Then you get another turnover after that, and you again don't get no points. I don't want to hear nothing about the defense. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear no critics about the defense. Yes, defense gave up yards, but what defense in college football, even in pro football, isn't giving up yards and points? Start the game, defense gave up a long drive, but then after that, they give you two turnovers in the first half? Two turnovers in the first half? I don't want to hear nothing about the defense. Offense? It was, man, lack of execution, drop passes, like no, no sense, no, no identity whatsoever. No identity whatsoever. Like, man, the who, man? <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel, man? How do you really feel about it, day, huh? <laughs> man? <laughs> I, I mean, what is there to say, honestly? What is there to say? It's in. I, I I really don't know what to say, honestly. I'm not surprised because of how I feel about Dana as a coach. I don't like him as a coach. I don't believe he's a very good offensive coach. Man. He passed the buck too much as part of the lack of accountability and all those things as well. Mm-hmm. And let's start with this. <clears throat> Comment right here from J.E. Cooper 9. What is the identity of the program? It's, I would say it seems to be defense, D-line. If you think about – well, I can't even say that because you still got offensive. You still think – that's a great question, Hell, What the hell is the identity of the program? What the hell is the identity? For, man, forget the identity. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know I did it. I head coach is supposed to be an offensive guru. He comes from the Mike Leach tree, who is one of the most brilliant offensive minds. I don't. I haven't seen it. I got to call a spade a spade offense. We got a first year quarterback coach who's supposed to be calling the plays. Nope, nope, nope. Dana, he took over. He's called the plays. He's calling the plays. So what the hell, man? Come on, man. I can't. Somebody a good player, man. But at the same time, players got to catch some of the possible. But at the same, man, I wouldn't mind seeing Lucas Coley at this point. Especially well, at some point to see what he got. Can he be a spark? Because Donovan, he can make throws, and I'm not saying it's his fault. No one. Not, and when I say that I want to see Lucas Coley, I'm not insinuating that Donovan Smith's fault. But at some point in the game, you might need a spark, and I would think he might be a little bit more of a spark running the football than Donovan Smith. He can't be much better or worse in regards to throwing a ball or making plays downfield because that's really neither here or there. He got a power runner. He's a big guy, but Clayton Toon would make more 
I don't want to say explosive is the word, but more running plays to get more yards. Because Donovan, in the times where he have to scramble a little bit, and it's like he only gets three or four yards. And it's like at this point, you need might need someone who can make a spark play to get a drive going and spark the offense and unscript the play. Because somebody, man, I don't know. At this, then at the same time, I know Golden had a drop. But you still got to get him the ball in space. He a playmaker. And the ball in space, he's explosive. I need I need the ball in his hands more often. Sam Brown looked like he next level. But goddamn, the offense looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, 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 family, I told you it was going to be fun tonight. So we speaking from the chest. <laughs> Dang. But, yeah, Matthew Golden, nine targets, four completions. He had, I think, at least two drops. One of them was it hit his hands, but was behind him. But he had that, one that was really that one drop, but that yeah. one would have been the first down, probably even yeah. more. That was a big drop. And let me let me say this: the first quarter, first half, Donovan Smith, he made some good throws. They were dropped. He had he had drops, but it's like the more stuff went wrong, it just snowballed. You know, the missed field goal, and then everybody started hanging their hands like, "What can go wrong now?" Then Donovan. It just keep keep going. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but one thing that I can say, you can see it on Donovan Smith's face. The camera was zoomed in on him, and you can see him excel. And I will say, not to make any comparisons, but the last few quarterbacks we had at Houston, they would be even killed. You would not be able to see a frustration regardless of the situation. And so I'm not saying that to call out his leadership. I'm just saying from what I've seen observing him, and he would show the frustration. And, and in my opinion, as a quarterback, you want to be able to stay in kill to keep your, your wide receivers, your linemen, whatever the play may be, like, hey, no, that's okay. We good. I'm cool. I don't know if they would get that from the body language that I've seen from him. But I don't even want to put no onuses on the players. I, players, I don't care. The offense, our head coach was supposed to be an offensive <laughs> guru. That's why we hired him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What the hell? I don't want to hear nothing about no D. Man, you know what? The, the tone I, was set, and you called it. The tone was set on that fourth and one, first quarter, from the shotgun. Shotgun. And I was like, what the hell is this? Donovan fourth six, and one, shotgun, shotgun. plus. They talking about he looked like Cam Newton. Man, you got him in a shotgun, and you handing off. We got need. I seen that. And that 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 play call there, and Dana said that the offense was embarrassing play call. He's well, hell, he calls the plays. It's on him. Okay, we he he said post game we'll bring Andy in momentarily once he gets set up from the field from TDCU Stadium, the field there. That he Dana said he thought things were corrected, adjusted this week. He blamed it on execution. He said the play calling was good. The execution oh, we need to execute. All right. Play calling was not okay. good. Executing wasn't good either. <laughs> okay. It's it's just I'm not surprised they lost TCU. Okay. But they, they should have watching that game. They look bad doing it though. <laughs> That's the thing. They looked like they they weren't prepared. Yeah, they looked incompetent. They don't look like a disciplined football team. They don't look like a team that's prepared. They don't look like a motivated football team. I don't know. That's what they look like. 
that's it, man. But then watching that game, you like, especially that first half, they supposed to be up there beating themselves. Dana Hagerson was the best coach on TCU. Yep, and, and fans are frustrated. I saw earlier in the comments about season ticket sales next season because you're not going to have the first year in the Big 12 to be part of the marketing promotion. At what point, and it's just the third game of the season, fans are frustrated. They got San Houston State next Saturday. Be damn won't mean crap. But at what point, and I already, let me see if I go back to it, because I had the question, and if I don't find it, my bad, but I saw it, so I just, I'll just say it. I know I saw the question. Basketball practice starts in a few weeks. Okay, the first game is not until November, but practice starts in a few weeks. Big 12 media day is October 18th, so practice will begin the end of September. So look forward to that if you want to hang your hat on that. And Yanez, are you ready, sir? I don't think he's, he's not yet ready. He can bring himself in if he is. No? Yes? No. Can y'all hear me, by the way? We can hear you. Yeah. Can you see me? We see you, but it's not. It's, it's buffering a little bit, so we may have to go to what you did last yeah. on the UTSA game, whatever, the Rice game. Give but figure it out. We'll yep. come back. We'll come back to you. And Jaja said, we might struggle with Sam Houston. That's possible. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised, hell. But my I'm, thing, here we go. Where it This lost it. And people act like it's just the beginning of the season. This isn't just the beginning of the season. This is a continuation of last season. This is a continuation of a Dana Hogerson team. That's what this is a continuation of. And Ryan Monso from Go Cougs posted it on X that Dana Hogerson is now 0 and 11 against teams, current Big 12 teams. 0 and 11. Wow, that's an interesting stat right there. That's an interesting stat. And outside of the year when Houston won 12 games and he got, he got, I mean, and the team had all those NFL players on defense, particularly. And the different man, man, I don't. That's a great quote that you put. This is the continuing, not only of last season, but the, the tenure of Dana Hogerson. This is what we've seen throughout the tenure, and it's no accountability. It's all, I don't want to say he intentionally points the finger, but I heard something last week after the game of the fact, I don't even want to bring it up. There's something that he said, but man, man. I'm disappointed because watching that game, they're supposed to be winning that game. Ain't no way you can watch that game like, dang, Houston just not that good of a football team. And watching that game, like, are they, they're in the game. They can win the game. You get these two turnovers in the first half, you get touchdowns on those turnovers, the momentum is going. Then you, but it's like you get nothing. And now your defense is on the field, on the field, on the field. Of course, they, they I mean, they got to get, they tired, they get gassed. But you get two uh, yeah. panels in the first half and you do nothing with it? Like, come on. Like, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear nothing about the defense. Oh, oh he should have played more on defense. I got to have him play more. I don't want to hear nothing. Offensive, man, offensive play calling was good. No, the hell it wasn't. At times it was, and then you didn't have execute, right? So in spurts, you can say that. In spurts, we call it certain plays that players didn't get in execute. But overall, I got to – 
I mean, you would think a coach would hold himself accountable and be like, "We gotta, I gotta do better calling plays to scheme my players open to get them in the best position for them to make be able to make a play." I can't. I don't care if they drop the pass. I gotta call a better play to where them they can make a, even a more easier play. It's always on the responsibility of the coach to put the players in the best position to succeed. And right. regardless if they don't do that, you put them in a better situation so they can do that. That's the coach's job. Exactly. I mean, but how often have has he said that? Every so often he says, I got to call better plays or whatever. But, but more often than not, he passes the buck or he tosses somebody else under the bus. Yes. That's what he does. That's who he is. They were 0, 0 for 4 on fourth downs tonight. What are they, like 2 for 8 on the season on fourth downs? I know it's not good. It's not 50%. I know that. Uh, Big 12 football today took some shots, took some losses, took some bad L's. Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio. South Alabama just mollywhopped Oklahoma State in Stillwater. So those are bad losses, but hey, BYU won at Arkansas. <laughs> so it's it's the Big Twelve is kind of down year overall, which makes it even worse that if the Cougs had a better head coach, they might be okay. <laughs> but going back to it in Ace Town, Dubs, I, I saw it. I might just do it. I'm at some point I probably will do it. My coaching anybody versus Dana comment. I pick anybody. I might just do it and put it up there, pin it up on X or whatever. Pin it. I mean, heck, that's how I feel because of the consistency of what I've seen throughout his tenure as head coach at Houston. Yeah. And Yana is getting closer to joining us from TDECU Stadium from the field. Let's see. John Bear with a comment. That is the worst Houston offense I have seen for years. 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 Steve here ain't that freaking poetic. The coach we fired be the Big 12 team. Dana Hogerson, that's right. That's right. That is right. Yeah. Dana Hogerson is, oh, yeah, we said that. Steve said that momentarily. Oh, my goodness. I just, but. And the offense was. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was Everybody, just thinking about chest tonight. That's, that's what we're here for. We're here for you. <laughs> right. I was just thinking about that comment when it was talking about Major Applewright and the offense under him was spectacular under Kendall Browns. Then we get here, Dana comes, what does he do? Throw the throw King under the bus numerous times. He and man, I can go through and on, over and on, on and on about what has happened under his tenure. But tonight it was so glaring. But the last two weeks it was so glaring that Houston was just simply out coached. Not out, man. Not our talent. I don't want to hear nothing. We don't got Big 12 talent. We don't got this. We don't got that. I don't want to hear none of that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I watch the game with my two eyes, and I know when you got enough talent to be out there to make plays, it's just about strategizing, executing, motivating your team, all the different things that different coaches ensure that these teams do to ensure that they put good football quality teams out on the field. And Houston has failed to do that, and their head coach has failed to do that. I got to call a spade a spade. And when he says that, who's the, who's the, who's the coach? Who's in charge of bringing in the talent? Who's in charge of calling the plays? That's him, right? Yes, sir. So all that stuff about we don't have this, we don't have that. You are the one getting paid to bring in the talent and then to coach it up. That's you. 
that's you. And this part about TCU players look bigger than Houston. That was part of it as well. We knew that going into it. I don't know about that. I don't, but, I, watching the game, I didn't see that part. Who? But whose fault is that? I, I can't agree with that. I mean, did you, did you see that, Chris? How it looked to you? The, 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 O-line, the O-line was bigger. But most of the O-lines in the Big 12 were bigger than the Cougs' defensive line. But that wasn't. It, it, it all comes down to coaching. It yeah, comes down to coaching. But he, that's Bring the Houston Twitchy D lineman that, that's not just – Oh, well, I guess, yeah, I can see that. But other than that, I can't see no size difference. Maybe the O-line, Houston D-line, I can't say that. Or I can agree with that. Yeah. Andy, we got Good. you. Andy, you ready? Yes, sir. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Are you fine? I'm ready. Can you guys hear me? Am I still buffering? No, yes, you're good, man. You're, you're you know good. what? Go hey, at it. Look, look, look at that shirt I'm wearing. It does a lot I got of one, I got mine on, too. I got mine on as well. TDCU Stadium. Yeah. Merch, I'm you wearing, I'm wearing mine as well. Yep. Let's wear mine too. Yep. We, we might as well promote something after the University of Houston football team <laughs> came uh, and they, well, they really struggled. You know what? I'm feeling good, Chris. My locks are cropped. I ran into Kelvin Simpson on the field before and he said I look good when it comes to my haircut. So even though the Houston offense couldn't score, I, I'm doing good. Um, I was listening backstage. We have the clips queued up from Dana Holgerson and Donovan Smith. Mm. Oh, that offensive performance, it just, it's, it's like a balloon. There was a lot of energy. There was a lot of excitement in the stadium before the game. And, Dan, I couldn't agree. At, if, word for word, I agree 100% with what you said. Houston should have had a double-digit lead heading into halftime. With all the turnovers that TCU was doing, Give credit to the defense because they bounced back from that first possession. That first possession was, was dreadful for the defense. TCU marched down the field. They scored in six plays. Looked like it was going to be a, a kind of like we saw in Oklahoma against Tulsa, that kind of score. But the defense buckled down. They forced a fumble on the second drive of the game. Then they forced an interception shortly thereafter. And Houston came away with three points. Three points! And had it not been for those turnovers, and of course, had it not been for Matthew Golden and his kickoff return touchdown, I think Houston very well could have been shut out. And that's the disappointing thing. That's the frustrating thing. And coming off the press conference from head coach Dana Hogerson, he said, it's not the play calls, it's the execution. And without <laughs> Let's play it. I'm ready. I'm going ready out to play there it. saying it, he kind of said that this year is it's a, it's a reboot. There you go. See? <laughs> See? Here we go. Did you hear Head coach you hear Dana Hogerson. Here we go. Yeah, we hear you, man. Hold on. Here we go. Dana Hogerson. It's not giving up. TCU was able to really kind of quickly get down the field in a lot of their drive. So can you tell us just how, I guess, they can kind of limit the chunk is not giving up by the units? Yeah, that, that's, it's what their offense is. I mean, you know, they're going to tempo you, they're going to ground game you, and then they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna try to chunk you, you know. So I thought we did a good job for the most part of, of, of hanging in there and continuing to battle. We did give up too many chunk plays, explosive plays, uh, you know, missed too many tackles. Uh, but they, they, they competed. The defense competed. Um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to clean up. We started wearing down, man. We don't have the depth. We don't. You can say why not? Well, we just we don't, you know, and so we got to keep some keep the ones that we're playing in there in there, and they kind of wore down a little bit. You, you mentioned Big Twelve opponent, and when you talk about defensive line, there's a ta- um, Big Twelve lineman. Is there that much of a talent gap between you guys and they have, or is depth? Or, it's more depth. 
It's more depth. I mean, they're they're, and I've been saying this for two years. I mean, the biggest difference in Group Five and Power Five is is, is the second team and the third team. You know, so uh, look, man, we all know this is going to take some time. Nobody wants to hear it. And I'm disappointed with how we played today offensively, and we have to get better. And it's unacceptable. And we're getting, we expect to line up and, and play better and win every game. But for the depth and the recruiting, it's going to take time. Being back on on offense, if it's execution, are you at a point where do you do you need to shake things up, or is, is there an ability? Good question. It's a good question. Uh, I'm not rolling it out. We'll talk. We'll talk Monday. Okay. Let me let me study the video and have personnel discussions. And I mean, we're we're, we're not too deep. So. Uh, but we will we will discuss it as an offense. As a, as an offensive staff, do you feel like on um, being on the same page, sort of knowing going in what you want to do? Is that yeah? Does I'm, that work? I'm happy with what's on the sheet. I'm in every meeting. I'm happy with what's on the sheet. We got to execute the plays better. We got to we got to execute the plays better. We have to make the plays better. Uh, and we got to keep coaching hard, technique, coaching hard, game plans, coaching hard motivating guys to get out there and, and play better. Last question, Chris. Dana, you, you get a you know play like that from Golden on the, on the uh, kick return. I mean, are you surprised you're not able to sort of build on that momentum? Did you sense a, a moment there or, or you know, anything there? Yeah. Um, what they do get out of score right away, I believe. Um, yeah, I mean, we got that touchdown. They 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 responded and got you know got it. Uh, you know, then we responded and got three points. I I thought we were fine at halftime. We we had a good halftime. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was imagining things, but we had a good halftime. Our guys were in a good headspace, and we went out there and it started with offense. I mean, Donovan had a he made a bad decision. He just stepped up in the pocket, and got rid of the ball got flushed out and threw it away grounding we're on the minus two yard line I mean, the first two drives were you know minus two yard line uh couldn't get anything going you know just couldn't get anything going in the second half but yes to answer your question uh you know that and i did make this comment to the team in there you know i was i was happy with their effort and uh you know, i've already talked about what i'm not happy with but i was happy with their effort and how they attacked this game uh we're just done not we're not playing we're not playing great together as a team when offense is good defense is bad when defense is good offense is bad you know that's that's not that's going to be the message moving forward with this team this week is is becoming a better team playing together as a team uh that's a prime example of it when you get the kickoff you know, try to get the ball back for the offense and try to build on that. And they just went right down to the field and scored. It's one of our one of our defensive bad guys. Thanks. Dan, you heard it. What are your thoughts? I'm thinking, man, I will say I agree with the notion of the team doesn't play complimentary football when he guard in regards to what he said. Like when the offense is playing good, defense is playing good. And that's called complementary football. Offense and defense complementing each, each other in different situations. And they haven't done that so far this season. So, number one, I agree with that part. Execution, like we, like we kind of just talked about, 
I'm going to put that on the coach. I know he can't go out and make them catch the ball, but at the same time, you can call different plays to get them in different positions, to get them to execute different plays to be able to sustain the drive. I think that's the scapegoat that he's saying. But it's also kind of true, but it's still something that he can adjust to ensure they execute different plays to ensure. But other than that, that whole notion of, Depth, depth, depth. I, I can agree with that. The defense wore down because of they had to be on the field for too long. I, I and when they rotate, oh man, there's so many ex- some excuses in some of his answers. You know what I'm saying? But the the, the truth of what I said, from what he said, that I take out of that that you can get is they the team is not playing complimentary football. That's a great message, and that's something he should harp on in regards to making sure to execute. When the defense gets a turnover, you got to get it in for a touchdown. That's complimentary football. Or if a special team just make a big play, defense, you got to get a stop to change that momentum. So, the, so I can agree with that part. That's part of sticking out to me because you can you can change this with the team. And another thing that was a great question about um, Justin, which he said, and I'm glad he answered it honestly, got to really look at maybe is it time to make a change mm-hmm. specifically at quarterback you got to look at all things because the execution has not been what it is you calling the game how you calling the game uh, i would think because of the quarterback that you have like i said a second ago maybe lucas coley can make a little get a little bit more of a spark maybe it's a little faster he can take those three yard runs into six yard runs seven yard runs and make some of the same plays that donald smith's been making and throwing the football it hasn't been nothing spectacular out of the ordinary so i would think he can do some of those things but i like that honestly at this point you got to go back and really look at everything and as maybe we gotta i would think we need to see lucas coley in my opinion especially next week against sam houston we need to see him in my opinion why not? But there's a comment right there, depth, but you've been here for how many years? That's on you as a head coach that came from Power 5. Agree. He's bringing in the talent. And whatever talent he has, he brought it in because he thought they'd fit his system. Once they're here, he needs to coach them up. And like he said, when people was asking him, hey, this is not like West Virginia. You guys had two years before you moved into the Big 12. So it's not, not like an immediate jump. You had two years in preparation to build that depth, to get the players that you want, to develop them, to coach them up so you have that depth. So that's an excuse that I, I don't like. Agreed. And this, I saw part of, <clears throat> did you see Dana's pregame motivational speech? He was hyped up. He dropped he dropped some F-bombs as well. The team response, leaving that, that locker room, tells you all you need to know. No energy. 1,000%. I noticed that same thing. 100%. Players are just like, yeah, let's yeah, Yes. Yeah, I don't think he has that locker room. I don't want to say he lost the locker room, but just looking at that clip that they were referencing, I don't know if he has a locker room. They weren't motivated. Seem motivated. Well, I mean, Saturday, after the loss to Rice, he questioned the team's will to win. And Nelson Caesar said after that game, I don't agree with that comment. So there had to have been some issues right there with some of the players with that those comments from Dana last week. So maybe he's losing the locker room if he hasn't lost it entirely. Players gotta be gotta get tired of being tossed under the bus from their head coach, by their head coach, I would think. 
And he, and he's been doing this. He's been doing this. Oh, we don't have the big 12 players. Like, he's been hitting at the players for a long time. At some point, players is like, I would think, damn, coach, you ain't got my back. You don't think I can do this? You don't like. Yeah, man, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors in regards to him trying to be honest and him trying to say the politically correct thing to not have expectations too high so he can make sure that he can pitch whatever tone that he wants to pitch to people to ensure that his job is safe, which it seems like regardless of what he's putting out there, he's safe. And, and that's the issue. That's the problem, that he, his job seems safe. He started it last season well, the, over the summer lowering the expectations for this year because of it's the big 12. We don't have the depth. It's going to be a new quarterback bringing in new players. We lost a lot of players. The first year in the big 12 is going to be different. So a loss like this is probably right up Dana's alley. See, I told you, I told you we lack depth. I told you it was going to be a, a long road for us to get to that big 12 level of competition. But again, he's in charge. He's in charge of this program, and that's what I want the money people and the biggest money person to start realizing and opening his eyes. Dana is just about making excuses. That's what he is. He's collecting his checks. So in this part of it, I don't blame Dana. He's he's still getting those checks. As long as a, a handful of folks who still have his back, and there's still some in media who still have his back, mm-hmm. but one or two folks who write the checks, as long as, as, long they, as they still, still oh got oh got double stuff on double stuff on, have Dana's is is the answer to lead Houston into the Big Twelve and in the Big Twelve, he'll still be here. He's not the answer. He's not the long term answer. The sooner people real, realize it, the better for the program long term. But unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. They're still got those Dana colored glasses on that he's our man. We're going to stick with him. The reason the rationale is already built in this first. This is our first year in the Big 12. A successful season will be making a bowl game which I didn't think was going to happen. But that's what Chris Pesman said already. If we make a bowl game, this will be a success. So that's six wins, six and six. But the thing is, the fans have turned on Dana. And more and more are still turning on Dana. That's the problem. The fans, we got more and more fans. When does basketball season start? Fire Dana. Fire Pesman. On and on. That's nope. the problem. Go ahead, Andy. Am I TDC Stadium Wi-Fi today? It's not working, but we're just rolling with it. Chris, you're absolutely right. That clip right there where uh Dana Holgerson, I mean, he kind of built that cushion in there where he said, No, nobody wants to hear it, but it is essentially like I was saying before we played that clip, he essentially just said that it's kind of a rebuild year when it comes to 2023 because they're still trying to build up, build up when it comes to the recruitment pool, just the overall depth talent pool, which is something that he had acknowledged and he had said a season ago in their final year in the American Athletic Conference. And Chris, what you just said right now when it comes to the confidence from fans, from alumni, 
It's 100% correct. There is none. The fans do not believe that Dana Hogerson is the person that can lead the Houston Cougars to success later on um, in the Big 12 Conference. And I think today it just really, really showcased how yeah, different levels, different levels they are between TCU and Houston, and specifically when it comes to offense. And what makes it even more frustrating when Dana Hogerson was hired as the head coach for the Houston Cougars, the one thing that a lot of fans expected, you know, week in and week out, would be that they would have a strong offense. And for the most part, over the course of the last five seasons, that just has not been the case. Um, and it, they can just never string it together. Even going back to the 2021 season when they went on the 11-game winning streak, a lot of those wins were come from behind wins. They were, quote-unquote, ugly wins, not to take anything away. But it just hasn't looked Smooth. It hasn't looked like a dominant football team over the course of the last five seasons. 2019, it was a rebuild year because of the whole De'Ara King, the entire redshirt debacle. 2020, it basically was a punted season after COVID and everything that that, tra- that transpired when it came to that. 2021, they were able to string together 11 wins in a row. But again, the level of competition, they struggled when they played against Texas Tech to open the season. And then when they ran into Cincinnati, the bus all that was Cincinnati. And, you know, we know last season, the disappointment with the high expectations the program had not being able to live up to that. They were able to salvage an eight and five season, but that's just not where the program should be by the time it was year four. And now here we are, year five in the Big 12. They're making a jump and, yeah, there's no trust from the fan base. There were boos here in the third quarter when the, the offense just struggled. And, again, had it not been for those turnovers, I'm not sure if Houston puts up any points on the board if they would have had to go the length of the field all night long, it just wasn't happening against this TCU, specifically when it came to that offensive line, because TCU's defensive line, for more often than not, they were just bullying that offensive line up front. A big reason why Houston was able to put 41 total net yards of rushing against TCU, which is abysmal, terrible. And, and if the offensive line has issues... <clears throat> run blocking, pass blocking, whatever it is. As the head coach, as the offensive play caller, he needs to come up with a plan to maximize what his O-line does well, whatever the hell it is. He needs to figure that out. So for him to say the offensive plan was good, we just didn't execute, that's a disconnect. (laughs) That is not the case. What are we seeing? What is everybody else seeing that he's not seeing? Because there were problems on the offensive line. Run blocking up the middle was just a rumor. It's a problem. This comment here from Demerick, I mean, Pesman, Dr. Couture, and Fertitta. Got to see this mess right, right? Tillman sees it. Dr. Couture has completely... I guess hoped, thought that Kook fans have forgotten her statement from years ago about we fire coaches to go eight and four because Dana's done eight and five. He's still here and his job is safe. Dana has the right people in his corner. And until those folks open their eyes or unless someone else with deep pockets steps forward and says, I'll pay for Dana to get out of here. Dana's going to be here. And this play right here, we, we've touched on it earlier. 
that play in the first quarter, that play call, fourth and one from shotgun, set the tone. That set the tone right there. That, that set the tone. And it was a disaster. Even in the goal-to-goal situations, I – and, again, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. And, by the way, I'm not – honestly, I can't remember. It was in that clip when it came to Dana Holmerson when he was asked about the play calling. He said that the play calling is not – the issue is about execution, but on fourth and one, go-to-go situations, I don't see why you don't necessarily at least have a running back option in the backfield to at least run an RPO, do a play fake, and at least have that threat of being able to have a running back. Well, Dana's offensive genius, apparently. I mean, that's what he's, he's told us all this time, and Dayon doesn't see it and Dayon, I don't know if you heard it earlier, and Dayon dropped some words earlier, man. He was so frustrated. But it I was did fun. not. I missed it. I gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta go back and listen. <laughs> like you said, Chris, it's up to him to be able to scheme the right plays to use your offensive line, your running backs, your your all your skill position, your quarterbacks in their strengths. That's what Coach Sampson does. If he got some three-point player who's not a three-point shooter, he's going to scheme them to get shots in their comfort zone. Same thing with football. You need to draw up a scheme to get your best players in the best position for them to succeed. Whether it be if you got to call a screen, you got to call whatever the place may be. I don't – That's man, there's so much excuses that he says that he lives by to, to kind of – protect himself, protect his image, protect the season, protect his job security and all that. Man, if this was another institution, the mediocrity, if they're serious about it, it would not be allowed. But Houston seems to be allowing it, and that's why Houston's in the position where they at right now. This comment from Bobby is is is, is fair. It is, could be. We could realistically still beat Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, Baylor at least. I don't see their season going too hot either, so it could still be a year we win some in the Big 12. Those teams are struggling as well. But mm, most likely, agree. most likely those teams will not have winning figure records. It out. When oh, Houston faces them. Or they, or they might. But I'm saying, I'm going from this angle. They could all have losing records, so it would just add to Dana's mastery of Ability beating teams beat. with losing records. Right. That's what he. That's what he's good at. He can beat Even teams with losing records. Been able to beat. He hasn't been able to beat Big Twelve teams. Period. Regardless of what records they've had over the course of his time here in Houston, I do. Before we kind of go in and and talk about the um, Donovan Smith clip, of course, we like to thank other sponsors for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, beginning with the Saxonian family, the primary sponsor uh, for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial postgame show of Houston. Cougars football, Houston Cougars men's basketball, unofficial. We do like to stress unofficial. Of course, we also like to thank Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Make sure that Star Pizza is your go-to spot either before or after the game for some delicious pizza. Um, it, Star Pizza would hit right now to be able to drown out some frustrations when it comes to the football team. And of course, we'd like to thank Sack Ab www.sacav.com. It is an official name, image, and likeness merch representing a SACAV and uh, proceeds from all the merch from SACAV. You go onto the website, buy, get decked out in SACAV merch. Some of the profits will go directly to the players to help them out. So once again, it's www.sacav.com. 
again, official NIL merchandise of the defensive lineman for the Houston Cougars. Uh, but what I was going to say, just in terms of, again, the Dana Holgerson and overall just the, the mentality of the program, the, the frustrating thing about it, and you guys brought up the comment, and every time that Holgerson has said it, because he said it similarly last season when it came to, you know, just essentially trying to continue to build talent. But at this point, when you've been here five seasons and they don't see that progress, it, it's just frustrating. And that's, at this point, where what? There's nothing that instills confidence in the fan base that something will change. If it hasn't changed over the course of the past five years, it's really hard that there's just be a magic switch and it flips on um, by the time 24, 2025 comes around. And that's, that's, a, that's a big problem. And Chris, like you mentioned, next season, they won't have the allure of the Big 12, first ever Big 12 schedule next season. They didn't sell out TCU, by the way. They have 36,000 yep. fans, which is good compared to what they've had done the last couple of seasons, but how much of not selling out does Rice play, that loss to Rice play into effect? And I think they'd be much closer to that 40,000 number had they defeated Rice and not only defeated them, but looked dominant doing so. Um, like we mentioned after the UTSA game, we expected them to do. Um, instead, they went across the freeway over to Rice Stadium and they laid a giant egg. And I, I think that plays a big part of it. That's the reason why Again, even though it's better than what they've have done for the last couple of seasons, it wasn't a sellout. And come Texas, there was a lot of purple here. There was overwhelming more red than purple. But come Texas, I think there's going to be an overwhelming orange in the stadium. And again, a big reason for that. By that point, who knows where the, the level of frustration is when it comes to the Houston Cougars fan base. And, and that's the problem that President Couture, Tillman, the folks still in Dana's corner need to acknowledge. There are less and less people who like Dana and are willing to spend money to see this product on the field. And it's going to get worse. Lost to Rice, lost some ticket sales. Losing tonight the way they lost tonight, TCU is going to lose some more ticket sales. Sam Houston State, Lucas Coley probably should play against San Houston State. I agree with the fans, Dayon. Why not? Change it up. It's San Houston State. It's not a conference game. See what he can do. See if he can provide a spark. See if he can give some folks hope. And it might be folks in the locker room as well need hope. But the last few weeks in August, the team believed in Donovan Smith and agreed that he had beat out Lucas for the starting job. So it wasn't just Dana and the coaches. The players thought that as well. Three games in, I wonder what they think now. What do y'all think? Yeah, I mean, both of y'all bring up a lot of good points, man. What are they thinking now to the excuses that he's steady harping on in regards to the talent? And like you said, he's been here five years. And to something, a point that he's been harping on when he mentions the talent and the depth that they have, <clears throat> excuse me, he mentions it because of it's not like when he was at West Virginia, they went right into the Big 12. They had two years of preparation prepping before going into the Big 12. So that's two years of being able to recruit, being able to develop, being able to do all these things. So when you're in the Big 12, you can excel. And now I hear nothing but excuses, and that just ties into him 
not really believing, not really having confidence, and not really feeling that he can get the job done now, kind of putting it off. Well, you know, we all the things that he says. Waiting on that, that football building to be built, that's going to be a, a game changer. What does it have to do with right now? <laughs> what is, okay, two years from now, that's going to be a good thing. Getting Memorial Herman to be a sponsor and, and the, the medical facilities and everything in that new building is going to be game changers, going to help us with recruiting. What about right now? What are you doing as coach, Coach Hogerson, to bring in talent that you say, bring in talent, bring in depth that you say and harp on and have harped on for two years now, Dayon said, a lot of fans have said as well, to compete in the Big 12. And to put it more on him, he's coached in the Big 12 before. Mm -hmm. So he knows, (laughs) he should know what it takes to compete, what it takes talent-wise to do this, to compete in the Big 12. So the fact he hasn't done it and it's still saying, well, it's going to be a long process. It's going to take a while. What is, what's it going to take two years from now? So is it two years away, me two years away? And the fact that he supposedly knows offense. That's the point. We got to get back to that. The offense, yes. he's supposed to be an offensive genius. And he's bringing a plethora of offensive talent. But like Andy said, at one point in his team where we'd be like, dang, we got an explosive offense. Like, I mean, you can say that last year with Tank, maybe the year before that with Tank and the way that, that him and Clayton was able to click. But other than that, what can you be able to say? Like, damn, we got a really good offensive team. You look at all the recruits, all the talent offensively and skill positions that they have, even from Sam Brown right now, you can't tell me that he don't look next level with the plays that he's making. Even when he get the ball in his hands to to uh, Matthew Go- and, and all the recruits, Jenkins, like, you got the offensive talent. Let's just put defense aside. Let's just think about him specifically being a supposedly offensive guru in the offensive display of what we've seen has been piss poor. And it's, it, it's on him. And you get a moment. I don't want, we don't want to take all your shine. Time, <laughs> but I go back to him as the coach, as the one calling the plays. It's his job to figure out what works. If you see things aren't working, then try things that do work and stick with those that do work. Stop telling yeah. the fans and the media, well, the, the game plan was good. First half, play you were in it. Is good. The play calling oh. was good. What the hell happened in the second half then? Where, where are the adjustments? Good coaches make in-game adjustments. Second and half the most, adjustments. The frustrating part is the defense and special teams were good in the first half. The offense, it wasn't the offense that put up 13 points. It was the defense. It was direct, direct causation by the defense and the special teams. And if it wasn't for Matthew Golden, they would have had at minimum, at most, six points heading into halftime. And that would have been a much different story. But the... It would have been a travesty had Parker Jenkins, I believe. No, that wasn't Parker Jenkins. It was Malik Fleming. They returned the kick, the field goal attempt, the 60-yard field goal attempt. And looked for a second like he was going to break through and be able to score mm-hmm. a touchdown on the last play of the half. <laughs> that would have been crazy if that game would have been tied at halftime with zero production from the offense. That was great and, hustle. And absolutely. I give credit to the big man for, for TCU because yeah. – he made he he saved the touchdown with the tackle, being able to get Fleming 
But even going back to Hogerson, we have a clip from Donovan Smith, so we will get to in a second just to hear his perspective. Um, but to get to your point about Sam Houston and and you know potentially shaking things up, I'd be shocked. Uh, I think I agree 100. percent There should at least have some thrives for Lucas Coley. Uh, we saw him warming up coming out of halftime. I think he just wanted to get some be loose in the event of if if he needed to go in, but. Heading in during spring, during spring, during the spring ball, spring practices, um, even heading into training camp, you know, Dana Hongerson said regardless of who would win the starting spot, that both quarterbacks would play. That hasn't been the case three games into the season. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of changes are made. And, you know, he was candid with the answer. He said, you know, that's a good question. Potentially after we watch film, get a chance to break down uh, what went wrong against TCU. Maybe it is time to shake things up again. The last point I want to make, just in terms of how the offense overall, not just this season, which has been abysmal this season, but going back the last five seasons under Hogerson, uh, something that Dana said earlier um, in the season is it took them five weeks last year to figure out that they were an air raid offense. Um, And that was after five weeks of fans clamoring that, you know, the running game's not going to work. They don't have the personnel to be able to be a run first team. And, you know, at this point, that there's no identity to the offense, and they 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 got to figure out something. Um, they they looked like they were going to the tight ends more. Tight end was not able to make plays when they went to him. Uh, Matt Golden still, even though he had the k- kickoff return touchdown, he still has a couple of drops. You know, Sam Brown and Joseph Manjack have been the bulk of the offense, and Parker Jenkins as well. Parker Jenkins by far has been the best running back um, through the first three games. That's obviously a short sample size. And in the post game, I asked Dana Horson about Parker Jenkins specifically. He agreed. He said, when it comes to the burst, he's probably the best one in that group that is just electric. The problem, he said, when it comes to freshman running back is during blitz, blitz blocking. Yeah, his, his, his blocking is, is bad. Which, you know, it would explain his limited uh, minutes when it comes to in the backfield. But even then, at this point, you got to find some some spark because it's not coming from a lot of the others. I know he. He mentioned right there he thought that Tony Mathis did good and he was dealing with a health concern in it of himself. But um, let, let's get to that clip from Donovan Smith so we can we can get the perspective of the quarterback. You got it. Here we go. Uh, it just starts with me. Just getting my ball, uh, getting the ball to the playmakers, uh, easy completions, doing what we're taught to practice. Um, but other than that, just, just got to do what we need to do on offense, uh, handle our business like we should. Tom, defensively, did they – Show anything that that you all didn't see coming into the game, or what you thought that you were going to see? No, yeah, we we saw uh, everything that they thought were going to bring us. Uh, we just got to execute our plays. Those uh, two four down attempts. Uh, the first one was there. Uh, you were, I think, in the gun. No, no, that one was there. It looked like there may have been a delay, or there was some kind of. Was there any confusion back there, or was that what y'all wanted to run on, on that one play? Uh, I don't know what play you're talking about. The, uh, the I think it's the it was the the run. Mm-hmm. The, the run. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, either way, we had the play call we wanted. Um, we, we just, just got to do better, just uh, four down, short yards, you know, just, just got to get those. Can't have that. Next question, we'll go right here and then start with pass to you from there. Uh, ben, what was the frustration of those first four drives where you guys have the ball inside the 35 every single time, but we're only able to get three points from it? Yeah, it's obviously frustrating. Um, but, you know, we got a whole game. Uh, we just got to keep playing the next drive. Obviously, didn't finish how we wanted to, but um, uh, we'll just look back at the film, see what we can do better, see what plays uh, work better. Um, 
But yeah, it's obviously, obviously frustrating, but we just we just we just improve in that area. That's probably the biggest improvement, and then uh, so we're team out there. Donovan, after the loss last week against Rice, and then the anticipation coming into this week, how do you guys sort of regroup, mm-hmm. you know, going going forward for the rest of the season and, and, and next week? Yeah, uh, same thing we did uh, last week. We had a very good practice. Everything, um, everybody was locked in. So you know, it's not always going to turn out how you want it, even if you have a great week of practice. So we're just going to come back, do the same thing. Um, just if not, if not, a better fine tune the things we need to do and get ready for the next team. Donovan, how much of the offensive struggles would you say it's just mental? Uh, just when it comes to like short yardage situations and even some drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always just the little littlest things uh, you watch back on film. Uh, you get frustrated with just because uh, it's always be like, oh, there's there's like one person maybe that messed up a play or one read wrong um, that happens and stuff like that. So it's obviously frustrating, but it's also uh, stuff that's fixable, which is good. So, Donovan, you talked about the lack of execution, but just you know coming into this week with how y'all ended against Rice and you know. Putting together drives in the fourth quarter and overtime, did y'all feel like things were clicking coming into this game offensively? Uh, yeah, we felt we felt good, especially in the first quarter. Um, just we just felt like we just had to finish drives um, in that first half, um, and then just just at the end, just didn't uh, go the way we wanted to. Tom, but how much does the running game not being where it is because of injuries and, and not having it? Does that take a lot of what y'all want to do off the table and, and force you to maybe do things that? You necessarily might not do in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, if anything, with with that being a uh, uh, like a part of our game, it's just uh, we gotta execute the things on uh, in the passing game wise that we had open. Um, just make the easy throws um, and just take take what they give us. But um, you know, it's, we we have all faith in our line, all faith in our, our running game, Coach Nagazi and what he uh, has implemented in those guys. So we're, we're not stressing about it. Uh, we just know. Everything is fixable, which is good, and uh, there's, there's nothing too crazy that we have to do. So. It, it seems like you guys have had success when you're going more up-tempo, but it seems like it's taken like a quarter to kind of start to click. Um, we even had some of those moments tonight. I'm just curious, have you seen that, and has there kind of been a connection between you know the first couple games here? Uh, I, I definitely think we do pretty good uh, going up-tempo. and. Uh, we have, we have our good plays when we uh, slow down as well. Um, but it's just more of the, uh, like I said, execution down we get in the red zone, uh, kind of the got to have it situations like fourth downs and stuff like that when we go for It's just those little things that um, uh, just keep the drives going, you know, have different, totally different outcomes in the game if you just, just finish in certain areas uh, of the field. Andy, what do you think about that? Donovan's comments. What? Chris, I was kind of curious to get your thoughts when it came to him saying that it's a lot of fixable mistakes. In my opinion, I yeah. I don't think so. Uh, it's well, I think it could potentially be fixable, but from what we've what I've we've seen personally when it comes to the offensive line struggles to establish the running game. I mean, they had 101 yards against UTSA, which I mean, it's not bad, but it wasn't necessarily great, and it's only gone. It's only regressed. Week two, they only had 69 rushing yards total against Rice. Today, they only had 41 net yards. 25 carries, 41. That's not good. That's not going to be the recipe for success. Uh, They are dealing with some injuries, but just overall, what Rice's defensive line was able to do to U of H, now you're going to play a Big 12 schedule, and eventually you're going to be able to flip the switch against Big 12 talent. I don't see it. I don't see that. Damn. What do you think yeah, about? Is it fixable? 
I don't see it either. I don't see it either. I, I think it can be because you still, although the game turned out high, you still have the chance to be in these games to have a different outcome. So I would say it is fixable, but the new hire in the offensive line coach, run game coordinator, I haven't seen a difference the same way you're running the football, the same exact way into Noah Vell, like Andy just mentioned. He just gave you the numbers, and it hasn't been effective. So maybe it's running the game, I mean running the ball in a different way, different scheme of running the football. But so far it's been the same thing, and it hasn't been effective. I mean the running game has to be um, successful to some extent to be able to get a play action pass to be able to help the quarterback in some capacity. Other than that, air it out. <laughs> I will yeah. say this real quickly, Chris. One of the things that they did find success against TCU, uh, interesting against TCU, was the short passing game, quick screens, or quick screen game. That's yeah. where they were able to Small move screens. a lot of the time um, today against the Horn Frogs. Now, there were a couple of drops, but for the most part, that, that was the one constant that they had success in, so maybe they find something um, where that could be a substitute for the ground game and maybe potentially start to open things up and, and eventually they could start running more. So maybe that's something they can build upon. But still, I think that the issues, uh, some of it's got to be mental, especially when it comes to Matthew Golden and, and the drops that he's had. You know, th- Those are uncharacteristic from what he, we saw. We know what he can do. A season ago, it's not like all of a sudden he forgot how to catch, but you know, that's something that you know, hopefully he puts it in the rearview mirror sooner rather than later. And in a perfect world, Sam Houston is the game you would expect that to be. I'm going to say this, and it could very well bite us in the behind next week, but it, it should be a get right game, right? Against Sam Houston. It should be a game. Well, well Sam Houston it should be. Defense is solid. <laughs> right. Knows. But. Yeah. You're Houston. You're Big Twelve. You cannot. You in name cannot, only. In name only. Right now, they're at Big Twelve in name only. Even then, Sam Houston is a program that just made the jump from FCS to FBS. It should be a game, a get-right game. I think it will. It's at home. Be curious to see what the attendance is for that game. I don't think it'll be anywhere close to what it was uh, for this game against TCU. But that's a game where hopefully they're can able to put some of those mental issues behind them. And then they're going to be put into the first um, true hostile environment um, this season in Lubbock uh, a week from next week. But we'll see. At this point, I, I struggled because, it's, again, three weeks in, there's not a lot of confidence that this program, that this team instills in. We'll see. Questions will be answered. The thing is, I think, is Sam Houston is, is in Carmen USA now, right? They moved up to CUSA. Correct. Correct. So they were they were off today, so they they got time to rest to focus on the offensive juggernaut that is the Houston Cougars for next Saturday. So who knows what they're going to do? But the Cougs' short passing game could be their running game. Mm-hmm. Some teams do that. Well, as as a head coach, Dana needs to figure that out. Donovan Smith touched on it. He likes the offense when it plays fast and up tempo. He did mm-hmm. say, you know, slow as well, but he kind it's, of... It's what he had success in last season with Texas Tech, and that's how they killed Houston when they started going. Yes. So as the coach, as the so-called offensive genius, if your quarterback and your team, your talent, is better in an up-tempo offense, it should not take 
game number four, game number five, to figure that out. Just do you got do you guys think Dana is stubborn in his system and wanting to do what he does versus like a good coach does, tailor the scheme and the system to each year to the players and their strengths and their abilities? Yes. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> he, he, he and we, is this is how he comes across, but I guess. Yeah. I was to say he comes across that. Obviously, we're not in the head of Dana Holmes, but he comes across like that. We'll see. He said he's going to look at the offense, the film, and might make some changes. We'll see if he does that or if he sticks with the same old, same old. And if he does, if he doesn't make changes, then this will just be insanity. You know, do the same thing over and over again, yeah. expecting different results. They got to make changes. Sam Houston is a lower level program. Mm-hmm. They they should should not have the depth to compete with Houston, right? That's right. Well, that's what we said about right. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's Rice, my point. So, which brings brings it full circle. So, if it comes down to depth. If the Cougs have more depth and not injuries are injured getting to pile up, Tony Matthew Jr. did not play today. They did miss him in the running game. Injuries in, in the defense. So they're, they're creeping in. But if Houston does game. have better talent and more talent, one way to display that is to play faster. You shuffle in more players. You wear down St. Houston because they have less depth. You keep those guys on the field longer, then you get them tired by playing faster. If you don't do that, as this comment, this is what a UH program is right now. We've had comments from at least five different viewers who believe that the Houston versus San Pedro State game is going to be close. Think about that. Think about that. That says more about Dana Hogerson-led Houston Cougar program than it does San Houston State. That there is now doubt about what the Cougs are going to do against Sam Houston State, a team, what, Andy, that was in FCS last year mm-hmm. and is now in Conference USA. That If that is not another indicator to Tillman, Chris Pesman, President Couture and those handful of folks still in Dana's corner of where the program is, I'm not sure what else you need to see. The fact that we 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 have, well, it's, it's, it could be a close game. It might be a close game. We might, we might even lose to San Houston State. That says it all right there. That's, that, that says yeah. it all right there. That, I mean, what else is this? I'll just go back to my, my statement. If it comes down to coaching, who's in trouble? Because anybody going to be on the other side next Saturday versus Dana. And I'm taking anybody. <laughs> oh, God, the state of the program. Um, so hopefully they, they, they look, they, it's a, it should be a get right game. Hopefully it is truly a get right game uh, for the Houston Cougars. But as we begin to unwind and, and wrap things up here on this episode of Let's Rage Cougs, I'd like to remind everybody that. This is the unofficial Houston postgame show for football and men's basketball. And this episode of Let's Rage Cougs is presented by the Saxonian family. 
uh, be Saxenia and his family. Uh, we got the shots that he takes off by here at TDC Stadium. That's Rajput presented by the Saxenia family. Um, they are the primary sponsor of today's episode. It's going to be uh, the the primary sponsorship for today's episode. We also like to say thank you for uh, Two Star Pizza for being another sponsor on today's episode of Nature Each Coop with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop for pizza before or after the game. And, of course, we also like to say thank you to www.sacav.com. That's where you can get official SACAV merch, uh, name, image, and likeness uh, merchandise that directly helps and proceeds directly go to benefits the defensive linemen on the Houston Cougars football team. Um, Even though there was a lot of silver, there was, not necessarily a lot of silver linings, but one silver lining was the defense, specifically the play of Jamari Caldwell in today's game against TCU, especially in that first half. The defensive line, again, after that first drive, they did a very good drive, a very good job to close out that half and just being able to wreak havoc in the backfield of TCU heading into the game. I think TCU had not given up a sack period in their first two games, and Houston got three sacks in the first half. It just goes to show how strong of our performance the defense did have in that first overall half. And, you know, of course, we know what would change in the second half. Um, but really, they, they were not aided at all by the Houston offense when it came to the first three now. And Mike Dayon said earlier in the show just how long they had to be out there. But, of course, www.sacav.com, your go-to stop for any official SACAB merch. And the proceeds will go directly to benefits the uh, players on the Houston Cougars defensive line. It's what else? What else is there to say? Most of Put us up. believe that Dana Hogerson is in over his head, but he's still getting paid. He still has the support of a small group, but it's the right group that'll still keep paying, signing those checks. So the only thing I will say is that both Tillman Fertitta and Renu Couture were in attendance. They were in the building somewhere, wherever they saw the game, they witnessed this. And I find it funny how the, the official Big 12 Twitter account, or I guess X account now, posted a picture with Brett Yormark. Commissioner Brett Yormark was also in attendance. He was at TDC Stadium. He got to witness TCU uh, just wild up the Cougars. But the official Big 12 X account, they didn't post a picture of Brett Yormark with Dana Holgerson. He didn't even post it with TCU. They posted him with head coach Kelvin Sampson. Yeah, it's supposed to show where I think uh, Brett Yormark really is high when it comes to the University of Houston. Because um, Brett Yormark knows, he sees it. His, <laughs> his eyes mm-hmm. tell him which program at Houston is the the bell cow of Houston athletics. It is not football. Kelvin Sampson is in charge of Houston athletics when it comes to being nasty relevant. Dana Hogerson isn't it. We'll see how long it takes Tillman, and it's Tillman for Tita, really, and President Tour, because she she ran from that comment. She doesn't, she doesn't even acknowledge it anymore. But Tillman needs to see it. Hopefully, Andy, hopefully. hopefully he's sitting with some big wigs that were in his ear. Hopefully, what I, what I, what I was told in July at Big 12 Football Media Day happens. If Houston does not get six wins, goes five and seven or worse, 
that Dana is in trouble. Okay, I heard that from two different football people. I doubt it because Tillman runs this program, but they said no. They heard from more than one source that if he does not win more than five games, he's in trouble. We'll see. They aren't any closing thoughts. I think a close win next week, he should be in trouble. Even with a three-point win, if it's not a lopsided win, he should be in trouble. He should be in trouble now, of course, as we I'm sure we all agree. But next week, today, there's no way you can watch this game today and be like the defense, 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 nothing. Offense let us down. The coaching let us down. This is the second week in a row with Houston. I feel Houston was out-schooled, out-coaching. It's really unacceptable. Last year, the boogeyman for the Houston's offensive struggles was Shannon Dawson. He's not here anymore. Yep. He's at Miami. By the way, I mean, Miami looked really good offensively the other, the other day. Put that out there. They got a new offensive line coach. Um, we have no clue what happened in the offseason with the exodus of offensive linemen that transferred out of the program. And then the head coach that was um, you know, moved on to different uh, location prior to that exodus. Something happened. There's one consistent, one constant. Yeah, he's the constant, but unfortunately, he has the support of some heavy hitters financially. So until they change or open their eyes or put down those Dana colored, Dana tinted glasses. He'll still be here. And the fan base will still be mad at Dana. The fan base will continue saying, when does basketball season start? <laughs> on and on. October 28th, coming. first preseason game. They, they had the announcement at TDC Stadium, by the way, October 28th against UNC Pembroke, the first exhibition game for the Houston Cougars. So there you That's go. Basketball. But practice starts before that. Practice starts, I think. Would it be September 20th? Is it a month before? Or would yeah, it be roughly. You know, 10 days or so. Mm -hmm. So keep that as a positive, Coug fans, that basketball practices are, are around the corner. That's all I can say. We got fans wanting Tom Is Herman to come back now. <laughs> oh, they always want Tom Herman to come back. It's, uh, the one hey, guy I can't lie. After I seen that Kodak video with Kodak in the locker room, Tom Herman know how to motivate. He know how to reach young men. He's in tune with the culture and where young men at right now. I'm almost on that train to hashtag bring Herman back. He know how to recruit. He know the culture. He knows certain things that you need to know to be able to reach young men and motivate them and get them ready to play. Is that your closing comment? Because wrapping it up, right? Yep. Oh, let me put this up. <laughs> put this up from Rec 32. The basketball team got the loudest cheers tonight. They did. Houston, they got honored. They got the American Athletic Conference uh, ring. Championship ring. Houston is a basketball Ooh. school. And, I, you know, who'd have thought that a few years ago? That's where we well, are. Go ahead, Andy. Well, closing remarks. No, I was just going to say we're – my uh, guarantee that I guaranteed way back 
not looking really good right now. Um, it's against all hope, but I'll just leave it out there. Who knows? Maybe what what did uh what what will that thing? Uh, there was a certain someone who said if if they go one and eleven, as long as it's one game. Well, now it'd be two and ten. Right. So they did beat UTSA. Maybe they'll get up for that game, but I've only got to just close it out by saying uh, people can find me on X at Ayana's underscore five. There's just... To be so lopsided on offense, to, to just not be... Honestly, not being able to consistently move and when you did, not being able to come away with points, not being able to cash in on the turnovers, even on the two chunk plays, the connection to to Sam Brown and to Joseph Manjack. There were big you know, field changing plays when it comes to field position, come away with little points. Something's gotta change and and right, again, the perfect world at San Houston game is supposed to be the get right game, so we'll see. Bobby Roy if you went and asked people, I, I do not think you would be wrong at this point. Houston hates Dana more than they hate Tom Herman. As of this moment, yes. Yeah, I would and agree. I'll close it out. Then we'll let Dayan close it out as, as he with his closing comment. There's not much to say. The Cougs are one and two after three games. Dana Holgerson is who I thought he was. He makes a lot of excuses, but I don't blame him anymore. He's not going to say, take my money back. I'm going to give it back to you. I don't want it. I don't want my money. He's not going to say that. So it's on the decision makers to make a change. It's just a question of when they're going to make that change. Find me on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Houston Round Bar Review. And of course, thank you to everybody who watched on Pause and Jam on YouTube as well as on Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. A lot of comments. Come back next Saturday. We need a sponsor for the show starting next Saturday for football. So we got four more games. What? Nine more games for football season. Then basketball season starts up. But if you want to sponsor the show, had a lot of folks share their, vent their frustration this evening. Don't be a stranger. Come back next Saturday when the Cougs play their get-right game, as Andy Inez says, again, San Houston State. But get in touch with Andy if you want to sponsor the show. Be the primary sponsor for Less Rage Cougs. Dan, you got it, man. Cougs at gmail.com for those interested. Less Rage Cougs at gmail.com. All lowercase at gmail.com. It's Gold Cougs before Dana arrived. It's going to be Gold Cougs when he leaves. Regardless of the sport, we're going to be here to support. Go Cougs.